Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy to use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex, simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k, and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, the real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. So let's talk about this. Uh, well, first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So you were working at, I think when we first met, you were working at NVIDIA, right? Yeah. 
What were you doing at NVIDIA? So my title was uh, senior principal scientist, um, primarily so prior to joining NVIDIA, um, I was the chief analytics officer for the uh, city of New York. So I really did a lot of my data and AI work in the urban space within city and uh, uh, environments. And so I got to reach out from Jensen um, and said, hey, look, we want to bring your skill sets into NVIDIA. So a lot of uh, my focus at NVIDIA was on how we use AI and supercompute in cities to solve a lot of the complex, intractable uh, challenges in cities. Um, NVIDIA, now if you want to think about from a product uh, perspective, there's two products at NVIDIA that primarily functioned with. And so you have the NVIDIA Supercompute, which they refer to as SuperPods, um, as the base infrastructure, but then it was two products. One was Rapids, uh, which was like um, uh, an advanced data science platform and AI platform. And then the other is more well-known, which is Omniverse, which is their digital twin technology where they do physics-based um, 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 simulations and, and 3D viewing of anything in the world. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I primarily functioned in that space, worked with cities globally, um, worked with urban environments globally uh, to implement uh, AI and supercompute. All right. So I mean, I know you started at Motorola uh, and then you were at NVIDIA, but you're not there anymore. And one of the conversations we had was about the correlation between college athletics in the world of tech and the sense of when you're really good at something, people are always trying to find you as the next talent. Can you explain that to the audience of, of how the tech world has a correlation to college sports? Yeah, I think there's two. Uh, no, that's uh, such a great question. I think there's two ways you want to look at that. The first one is in Silicon Valley, and I spent um, time not only with NVIDIA, but at a startup engaging in and around Silicon Valley. In Silicon Valley, they don't, if you're at a company, if you're a tech um, genius, giant, um, even halfway decent at Silicon Valley, if you stay at a company more than two years, you basically are seen as somebody who's garbage, like passe, mm -hmm. because they're constantly looking for the best of the best. And they will do anything to pull you from one company to another. You've seen it in biopics, whether it's the WeWork biopic or Uber's biopic. Success of a company is taking the best talent from other companies and bringing it to your companies. And oftentimes it causes drama um, um, because, you know, um, they got to do backhanded deals and so on and so forth. But they're always looking for the top company. So you're always looking um, to be the best. And, and uh, the other way I would um, put it. And so I spent um, a couple of years. I was faculty at um, uh, Johns Hopkins, research scientist at Johns Hopkins for a while. And I spent two years. I'm teaching it, uh, in Hong Kong at Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. And I used to, when I was faculty there, I used to go around and um, go to a lot of the tech companies. And one of the CEOs of the tech company was like, yo, I, you know, we recruit some of the top scientists from around the world um, to come and work for our company. But what we do is, I said, well, how difficult is that? He said, well, it's not that difficult because they're all seventh and eighth graders. So what they do is they actually begin scouting you the same way you think about AAU it is the same way they think about scientists. They start at seventh and eighth grade and they start grooming you to come to China. And what they do is they put you into their universities and then um, the pipeline is right into their companies. And his thing is like, look, we bring the best of the best over and we start looking at them and we go to science fairs at seven, seventh and eighth grade and we bring them over. If they don't come to our company, 
they still are what's referred to as friendly alumni to the universities in, in China. And so it's like it's a win-win for China in general in terms of bringing the intellectual capital over. But they treat it, they treat um, uh, science and scientists the same way we treat uh, sports players. And I got one more anecdote. So when I was at Hong Kong, so I was at Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, one of the most beautiful college campuses in the world. And they have this dope uh, soccer field um, that almost looks like it's sliding off into the, um, into the water. And we used to go and play soccer all the time, uh, basketball, football, whatever, but mostly, mostly football, soccer. And there was one dude that was nice. Like, I'm, I've rarely seen football players like that. He was nice, nice. And he was in my class. And I went up and I was like, yo, do you play for the national um, um, soccer team? He was like, football team. He was like, nah, because in my family and in my culture, it's actually more honorable to be a computer scientist than to play sports. So he was like, I'm actually winning more that I'm a computer science major at college than I would if I played sports in the national national team. So there's there's a lot of similarities there. For those who are aspiring to go on your path, NVIDIA's been one of my favorite stocks for the last few years, but it's really taken <laughs> off this past year. Um, for those of us that, that are black and brown that want to make it into these tech power players, what would be your process if you have to start over now for how to break into an NVIDIA and Apple, Microsoft, Bezos Foundation? What tips can you give us to help break into those uh, landscapes that we are not often seen in? Man, um, I don't know if my tips would be helpful, but I can share some of what I think. But that's such a great question. Um, for me, my focus was always on the math of it all, the science of it all. Um, oftentimes what I've seen, and I went to all HBCUs. I went to Lincoln University undergrad, Morgan, uh, Howard University for my master's, and Morgan State for my doctorate. And I stayed at all HBCUs, um, but what I saw was a lot of my friends and colleagues, they would come in and, and within the first couple of classes, shift out of the computer science realm into like business information systems or project management, um, those sort of non-math intensive, computational mathematics intensive programs. Um, companies like Motorola, when I was at Motorola, I was at Motorola Labs, so I was a research scientist there. Um, my primary research over there was uh, when Bluetooth was being invented, I was a part of that team. I had um, three patents there. Um, it wasn't just me. Um, it was a group of us and we all got our names on those, those patent disclosures. Um, but, uh, the reason why, uh, I was able to go to Motorola labs, which is the research arm of Motorola and work on the projects that I did was because I had a math background. And so staying strong in the math background. And I never went, I ne literally at the Bezos Earth Fund, um, is the least technical that I've ever been in my career. That the reason why um, when so I had an hour long interview, as, as Troy, you mentioned, I, part of my uh, interview process was an hour long one on one interview with Jensen. And one of the things I requested in that interview was I didn't want to be a VP. I didn't want to have the title VP. I wanted to have a technical title because I wanted to remain very technical. Um, and so senior principal scientists at NVIDIA is the technical um, equivalent to a VP at NVIDIA. 
I was like, I want all the equity that a, that a VP gets, mm-hmm. but not, not the title. But I was deliberate in staying in the math and lane and in the math space. I, to this day, I still program. I, I do a lot of programming with my son and, and some personal projects. But to this day, I still um, focus on computation work. So, all right. So let's get into this. So um, for where are we headed with, with artificial intelligence? Like where, where is this? Is headed. We talked about um, you know a variety of different things in the past, but I want to hear from your perspective as somebody that's doing it and has done it for a while. Um, where are we at right now? As far as like, is this the infancy stages, and where where do do you expect it to be in ten years from now? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. I think that's such a important question today. Yeah, it's just this morning the White House just released its um, executive order on AI, and um, um, I spent some time, I had, I, I, I saw it uh, prior to, but I spent some time digging through it this past weekend. And, um, you know, it's it's going to challenge um, innovation as most, most regulation tends to do. Um, so I think six months ago to a year ago, um, uh, the trajectory may be different if a lot of these regulations that just came out um, through this executive order, take hold. But that aside, let's 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 assume, which is the case, that federal regulations take a long time to even um, uh, 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 have any impact or effect. But let's answer your question straight away. Um, I think if you look at um, the different domains that are using AI, um, what you're going to wind up seeing are a few domains where it's most impactful and then you'll begin to see some domains where it's least impactful and so domains like health is where you're going to see ai really take off um regulations and everything aside but because those regulations from the health space have been built in um you'll see um it take off there you'll see ai take off in the defense space uh Mm -hmm. aerospace um you'll see uh you'll see a lot of ai in the personal um, engagement space that is sort of building out this concept. And you guys have talked about it on your shows, like this concept of um, sort of your own personal chief of staff, your own personal senior advisor, your own personal scheduler. You're going to see a lot of AI um, in that space. Take your business further with a smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.